of time that will echo down through eternity. And my grace will stand on your promises, and by faith will walk as you walk with us. Speak, O Lord, till your church is built. And the earth is filled with your glory. To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message on this third Sunday of Easter is the gospel for today from Luke 24. You heard it read before. I recall just these words. While they were talking about what had happened, Jesus stood among them. He said to them, Peace be with you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who died, who rose again, and one day will bring us all to be with him in the new heaven and new earth, my beloved. Just as an aside before I begin this morning, some of you know that uh, my wife and I went on vacation last week, and um, we had the privilege, along with our relatives, to attend our Redeemer by the Sea in Carlsbad, California. The thing that's so neat is when you travel to another Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod congregation, you feel at home right away. The maroon hymnals, the liturgy is the same. Some of the hymns are recognizable. But what is always recognizable is the word of truth which in our synod doesn't change from one congregation to the next. And so you feel at home with fellow Christians, a wonderful experience, certainly enhancing the vacation. Um, Just very recently, the movie The Shack was out. I don't know if some of you went to see it. Uh, I got a question about it from my granddaughter, and so I thought I would reread the book. I didn't go see the movie again, but I reread the book. And uh, if you've read the book or, or gone to see the movie, uh, theologically, the presentation of the Trinity is totally out of whack. But if you go uh, and, and listen carefully and read the book, there are a lot of scriptural truths about the fears that we have. And one of my favorite uh, little sections is as follows. This was God speaking to uh, one of the characters in the book. Do you realize that your imagination of the future, which is almost always dictated by fear of some kind, rarely, if ever, pictures me there with you? And Jesus was also correct in saying that in your thoughts of the future, God was always absent. 
The man responds, why do I do that? God answers, it is your desperate attempt to get some control over something you can't. It is impossible for you to take power over the future because it isn't even real, nor will it ever be. You try to play God, imagining the evil that you fear becoming reality. And then you try to make plans and contingencies to avoid what you fear. The man answers, So why do I have so much fear in my life? God answers, Because you don't believe. You don't know that we, the Trinity, that we love you. The person who lives by his fears will not find freedom in my love. I am not talking about rational fears regarding legitimate dangers, but imagined fears, and especially the projection of those into the future. To the degree that those fears have a place in your life, you neither believe I am good nor know uh, deep in your heart that I love you. You sing about it, you talk about it, but you don't know it. Best part of the whole book. Its application to our scripture and our message for the day is that on that first Easter Sunday evening, that meeting of ten disciples, that was a group of guys who were not happy campers. There was not a feeling of, of safety and security. There was a feeling of fear and anxiety. And so they were in a room behind locked doors. Why? Because Jesus' personal presence had been taken from them by crucifixion, and they were afraid. This morning, we want to see that for those ten disciples, their fear and their sorrow and their terror were changed into peace by the personal presence of the risen Lord. May the personal presence of our Savior bring us peace also. St. Luke tells us on that first Easter evening, the disciples were gathered together behind locked doors because they were afraid. Let's take a little bit of a look this morning at some of their fears. Before peace, there was fear, and there was shock, and there was terror, and there was confusion. The Apostle John tells us exactly why they were there behind locked doors. He said, for fear of the Jews. Jesus had been killed. He died by the hands of the Jews and the Romans. The, disciple, the disciples were followers. Would they be next? There was tremendous anxiety. And so they were sitting there wondering, what would the future bring? Loud knocks on the doors, loud voices, perhaps some people breaking down the doors to get at them. The miracle worker was no longer with them to help them. Fear. Next was their shock. 
You know what shock is, right? You've expressed it every so often. <gasps> you ever have somebody uh, <clears throat> come up behind you, either intentionally or unintentionally, and you don't know they're there? <gasps> you scared me. The disciples were sitting there all alone, and all of a sudden, Jesus is there. In his glorified body, he's no longer confined by space and time. He can be anywhere he wants to. Locked doors couldn't keep him out. His immediate, sudden presence shocked them. And then there was terror. Ever been terrorized? It's no fun. Article in the paper this morning about a lot of people around the Milwaukee area who are terrorized by carjackings, and sometimes it changes their lives forever. Not to be maudlin or anything, but uh, I remember back when I was coming home one night with a buddy of mine from a youth group on a Sunday evening, and we were attacked by a gang, beat up. I was terrorized. I didn't know at the moment if I was going to die or I was going to live. A fellow pastor tells the true story of his wife and himself sitting at the kitchen table one evening for supper, and all of a sudden somebody broke into the house and put a screwdriver to his throat. He was terrorized. The people in our armed forces, wherever they are, scattered all around the world, tell us that wherever they are stationed, it's 99% boredom and 1% terror. In battle with the thunder of explosions all around, you do not know from one second to another whether you are going to live or die, and that's terror. At the sudden appearance of Jesus, the disciples were filled with terror because dead men don't come back to life. Maybe they were ready to bolt for the door, worried about what uh, the apparition would do to them. Then the words of the risen Lord. Peace be with you. Now, gentlemen, settle down. Settle down because everything's going to be okay. Everything's all right now. And everything's going to be all right in the future because I'm here. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Look at my side. It's really me. And then they started to settle down. And they were filled with joy and amazement, wondering if it could all really be true. But they were still confused because some of the disciples had seen Jesus earlier in the day and they came talking to some of the men who were gathered in the room here and they didn't believe him. Those who had seen him, could they believe their eyes? They were all confused. How did Jesus get rid of their confusion? The way he always did by turning their attention to Scripture, to God's Word. It said he'd return their attention to Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Besides bringing his disciples emotional peace, uh, peace because their guts were all wrenched, he also wanted them to possess the peace of God which goes beyond all understanding, the peace that exists between God and us. And how did we get that peace? Because of Jesus' physical presence on the cross. According to Moses' teachings and the prophets and the Psalms, Jesus had to groan and cry out with blood dripping so that God's anger for sin would be appeased. 
by Jesus' physical presence on the cross for you and me, God's anger for our disobedience is removed, and that means every last sin because God punished his son instead of us. No longer is there hatred between God and mankind because the barrier of sin has been broken down. God's no longer angry with us, and the Bible says, believe that and be saved. But that Christ, who suffered and died, came back to life. And that risen Lord brought peace by his personal presence to his disciples on that first Easter evening. But that was then. This is now. What about you and me? Well, the personal presence of our Lord Jesus brings us peace, too. Oh, it's very true that Jesus removed his personal, visible presence from us in his ascension when he powerfully and victoriously, visibly ascended into heaven. As St. Paul said, he is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. At Jesus' ascension, he promised, Lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Scripture teaches us that to the end of time, even though we can't see Jesus, he is omnipresent. He is everywhere. As the second person of the Holy Trinity is everywhere, Psalm 139 says, Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. There is not a place that you can go, but that Jesus is there. Go into your bedroom. Jesus is there. Go into the kitchen. Jesus is there. Go into the classroom. Jesus is there. Go to Potawatomi or Ho-Chunk. Jesus is there. Go to the bar. Jesus is there. At your workstation, Jesus is there. Working on the computer, Jesus is there. In the hospital room, Jesus is there. And at your deathbed, Jesus will be there. Jesus is with you always. Jesus is with you when you don't necessarily want him to be. Jesus is with you when you don't know that he's there. Jesus is with you when you want him, and Jesus is with you when you need him. At first, the disciples were afraid. Is there anything that you're afraid of right now? I can remember back to my job before I re-entered the parish ministry. I had a boss, and I was afraid every time I went into work. Are you afraid of losing your job? Are you afraid of searching for a new job? Are you afraid of what's happening to our nation? Are you afraid of getting older? Are you afraid of death? One pastor that I knew said, You know, Rick, I'm not really afraid of death. I'm afraid of dying. 
And did you ever think about it? We're all dying because of sin in this world. Some of us faster, some of us slower. We all know that death takes only an instant. It did for Henry Schnell. But it's the process of dying that frightens us. Will my dying process have a lot of pain, or will I be called quickly? I remember back to a July uh, morning. My father went to bed. Uh, it was on July 4th, July 3rd, one year, 10 years ago. Went to bed with a little back pain. During the nighttime, it became extreme pain. By morning, it became excruciating pain, and he went to the hospital, and he died on the operating table. But all the way, Jesus was with him. I need thy presence every passing hour. What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who like thyself, my guide and stay, can be? Through cloud and sunshine, oh, abide with me. Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee in life. In death, O Lord, abide with me. Jesus is always here in the sacrament. In the bread and in the wine, this morning he gives you his real presence. This is my body, this is my blood for you. And as they touch your lips and your tongue, Jesus is saying, I am here with you. Peace be with you. And finally, on the pages of Holy Scripture, Jesus says, here I am. On the pages of Holy Scripture, he eliminates all of our confusion. With scientific and empirical evidence through John and Peter and Paul and all the rest who were eyewitnesses, they tell us, we doubted too. But we were eyewitnesses. We saw him dead and we saw him alive. And he will come again. Jesus is present. He wants no more fear, no more shock, no more terror, no more doubt, no more confusion, no more doubt. But even when we do, we pray, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Lord, increase our faith. So that each day we can say with ever greater confidence, say it with me again, Alleluia, Christ is risen. Amen. Please stand. Peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten and not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, 
And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. <laughs> 